It's great. We, um, we've been set up to be in here for about a week, and everything was te- tested and tried, and then the thing that puts the words up, the com- computer that puts the words up, crashed today for good in here. Uh, so we had to rework the one from the edge in here, and then the soundboard was messing up once quite a bit before the band even got to play. So, uh, you know what? I'm just going to, we're just going to go, go with the flow. Y'all are, are it's funny, as, as I've stood in front of you just two times just for a couple of, of minutes, y'all are sort of out, out, out of sorts because you're like, we're in big church. How are we supposed to act? Uh, so just relax a little bit. No, not too much. Like, don't kick your feet back and, like, close your eyes or don't start playing a game on your phone or, or uh, chatting with your friend who's on text who's sitting right next to you. Don't, don't chat with them or text with them. Uh, right? Cool? Deal? Yes? All right, good. Um, we are in week five of a series on the Sermon on the Mount that's called Beautiful Attitudes and, does anybody know? Beautiful Attitudes, Andre? Simple Truths, thank you, Andre. Yes, Beautiful Attitudes and Simple Truths. It also could be sap, sap, Savage Truths. It's these truths that are in the Word of God that Jesus gives us that this is going to be fun tonight, uh, that if you take them seriously, um, they can mess up your life of what you want to live, on the way you want to be. But I deserve this. I, I don't need to forgive them. You know what they did, did to me? And he's given these truths that go opposite on what the world says. So, so we're going to get there in the next weeks and months, and we're finish up the Beatitudes tonight and going into the first truth. And I think they go hand in hand. The beat, beat, Beatitudes are, 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 are he, he's, he, it means approved by God. You, you, you are in great standing with God. You, you are joyful. This is what it means uh, when you're, it says poor in spirit. That means you understand that you're lost. You understand you sin, that separates you from God. It said, blessed are those who mourn. That's not who mourn because you're just sad, but you mourn over your sin. See, you see your sin, you don't just see it, but you're saddened by it, and you know you can't fix it, and you know God made a way through His Son, Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, blessed are, are the meek, and meek is not weak. We think, oh, that person's so meek, that means they're weak. Weak is actually very strong. It's power under control. Someone who is strong and they could pound your head in for doing something wrong to them, but they don't. They restrain themselves. That's meekness. They, they choose to be. It's a form of humility. There's mer- merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. We get mer- mercy. We know what it is because we've received it from Jesus, Jesus Christ. And the Word of God says we, we bend outward what he gives us, and we give it to others. That's how we extend mercy, because we've received it. And we've received much more than we will ever be able to get back. So there's all, all these, all these, these huge truths that that Jesus. Who who preached the the Sermon on the Mount? I just gave it away. Jesus, thank you, Seamus, wise twelfth grader, gra- gra- graduate, graduate, and 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 who wrote the book of Matthew? Matthew wrote the book of Matthew. Very good. And he wrote it to Jewish believers. If you want to know who wrote it, it was Jews who believed in Jesus. So he refers to the Old Testament quite a bit. You'll see that as we work through the book. Now, he gives us all these great things, these blessed are you that 
that, 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 that mourn over your sin. Blessed are you that are merciful. Blessed are you that are peacemakers. Boy, do we need that in our world today right now? Peacemakers aren't those who just go, okay, I'll do whatever you want. Just don't, don't hurt me or don't yell at me. Peacemaker speaks the truth at risk to themselves, at risk to harm, but they're going to bring the truth out there because it's the right thing to do, even at risk to themselves. That's what a peacemaker maker does. So we see all these things, and then Jesus says in verse 10, hey, doing all these things, the last one's this. The world's not going to like you. In fact, they're going to attack you. Look, and we're, gonna, we're not going to stand for this text. We'll stand for the, the next one when we jump in. Uh, but in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12, it says this. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted, persecuted the, the prophets who were before you. Man, the eighth beatitude here, it's a doozy. It's like one of these things like, wait, we, we understood this. Blessed are those who are merciful and pure in heart and pe- peacemakers. With all this, now it says, blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Um, it, it, anyone here like to be attacked? Probably not, and if you do, we need to talk because you've got some problems. We, we don't like to be attacked, and, and part of the church t- says today, hey, come to Jesus, and your life is going to be fantastic. All these troubles that you have, they will all go away only if you come to Jesus. And the Word of God says this, come to Jesus, and your life is going to be fantastic. And these troubles of the world, they're here. Jesus says in John 16, uh, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. He says also in Matthew 10, he says, hey, hey, those that follow me and you're doing the will of God, I'm going to send you out like sheep uh, among wolves. Hey, who wants to be a sheep and there's wolves all around you? That's a bad day. Have you ever been bitten by a sheep before? Have you ever had any nightmares of being attacked by a sheep? Have you ever, okay, Caden does, we need to pray for Caden. Have you ever had or seen a wolf on TV that looks scary. Okay, we all have, right? Wolves are, are, will take a sheep out any day of the week. It goes on to say, look at what he says. He says um, for, uh, in verse uh, 12 uh, or 11, blessed are you when others revile you. That means they, they're, they're hateful to you and persecute you. That means they attack you and utter all kinds of evil against you. And they're just tearing you down any way they can. And then he says this, against you falsely on my account. It's not those that just attack, attack you because they just don't like you. Or like, for me, they don't like the way that I talk, so they want to attack me. It's not those. It's those that are attacked on the, on the account because you're making a stand for Christ. Blessed are those who make a stand for Christ, and you're attacked for it. <clears throat> and it says this, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. I mean, that's, that can be hard for us to grasp, right? Because here and now, we feel here and now, here and now. The past three months or f- four months as you've lived in a, a life that was foreign to anything anybody in this world has, ha- has really had, where everything is sort of in a strict way, you've been stuck at, at, at home. Um, 
I don't know where I was going with that, but it was really good, and maybe it'll come back later. Um, but our reward is, is great in heaven. We, we, we can, can lose sight of that because of the world and the, the trials of the world that we face. And so when I look at these beatitudes that Jesus gives us, the first things in this sermon that he gives us, Sermon on, on the Mount, there are all these things where I go, man, it, it's great to be poor in spirit because I understand my sinful condition. It's great to hate my sin, to mourn over my sin, to be meek, to be righteous, hunger for righteousness. It's great to be a peacemaker. But you know, sometimes when I look at that list, the best way that I can do that is if I hunker down and stay close to myself, to get my friends that believe everything that I believe and keep them close and don't go around anybody else. That, 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 that sounds like the safest way to do this. Um, and then I won't be persecuted or hurt, but I can still live these things out and be merciful, and they can be merciful back because they understand what I'm living and a peacemaker, and they're extending peace back. That's a very safe place to be. And we tend to want to be in safe places a lot of our lives. Uh, and, and you look at it and you think, man, maybe the monks didn't have it all, all wrong, right? The monks say, well, let's just go and, and stay in our mon- a mon- a monastery, and we're going to be here for most of the time protected. No offense to any monks if there's any monks in the room. Or even the, when you look at the lives of the, the, the Amish, who really pulled themselves out of society quite a bit so that they can live this life they believe God has called them to live. And I think the Amish are, do many things so very right. I maybe agree with all that they do, but I think they do a lot of things right, so I'm not trying to bash the Amish if anybody's Amish here. But if we can just live, with, if we can just be in our youth group at youth camp and just stay in that group, maybe we can live these beatitudes out. Maybe that's what God is calling us to do because I can't, can't live it any other way. But before we can be, begin to think that way, Jesus, Jesus jumps to verse 13, the very next thing after the beatitudes, and he throws out the opposite. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. So all of a sudden, instead of being inward focused, because a lot of that, what he's talked about is you're looking inward. How am I living? Now all of a sudden he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So it's no longer something that you hold close to yourself. It's something for the earth to experience and the world to see. We're not to be inward focused. We're to be outward living and loving. So let's stand together in Matthew 5. This is our main text tonight, verses 13 through 16. Y'all are doing great. Hang with me just a a, a little bit more. I'll try not to move so this mic doesn't do anything. I'll just stand like this. This is what it says in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let's pray one more time. Dear God, we thank you so much for just tonight, the chance to meet here, the chance to open up your word. I know we've jumped into it real quick tonight, God, but Lord, I ask that you will help this word um, to touch hearts and change lives. God, we we need you in this place to touch our hearts, to change our lives. 
we thank you for the opportunity to meet here together. And um, God, help uh, whatever's going with the mic not to be a distraction from your truth. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, everybody, have a seat. Has anyone ever eaten, uh, not on, on pur- purpose, spoiled food or, 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 or spoiled meat? Anybody ever eaten? Okay, hands, hands down. I uh, remember being 18, and I don't know, but I know y'all aren't like this, but when I was 18, I thought I understood everything. I mean, I thought no one could tell me what to do. I knew, I knew what was good for me, what wasn't good for me. I was an adult at 18. Now some of y'all say that, and it's so cute. Um, and so at 18, I went on a camp- camping trip with some friends of mine. There was, there, was, there was two or three guys. One of them was named Doug Davis. I remember Doug uh, well, and Doug was one of the main persons in this story. So Doug and I were going to some springs. I don't know where the springs were. They were in the state somewhere. We were going to camp out for two nights. And we're going to bring our food. We brought an ice chest, got ice, threw the food on top of it. We shot to the springs. Uh, we got there right before lunch. Uh, but we were in the springs and playing all day up until din- din- dinner time. So I came to the ice chest and went to fix myself a sandwich for dinner. And un- I didn't know that someone had already gotten into our food and they had opened up the lunch meat. Someone had evidently fixed a sandwich for, for lunch, and they had left it in the cooler, but the lunch meat was sitting in water and ice, and it wasn't sealed. So I look and see it in there, and I look, and I think, man, something might be wrong here. And I said, hey, Doug, the, um, the lunch meat's in the, wa- in the water. And he said, well, is there still ice in it? And I said, yeah. He said, it's still good. Here's a, a, a newsflash for you. Lunch meat and water is not good. So I fixed myself a sandwich. We have a great night just ha- hanging out. The fellows with the throwing stuff in a fire, doing just that fun stuff. Uh, we go to sleep, and around 2 a.m. I wake up. And it's bad. I make it outside the tent, and I hurl... 400 pounds of something. I don't know what it was. And then I feel every pore in my body wants to expel whatever is inside of me. And the bathroom's a quarter mile away through the woods. So I start running and stumbling in the woods like I'm in a Friday the 13th film about to be killed by somebody. I make it to the restroom barely I get in there and stuff is coming out of me from everywhere for two hours hour one I am asking God to take my life I am not kidding I have, it, I have never felt that bad and I was just like just I'm, it's okay I'm okay to die right now I'm a believer uh, yeah, I was hurting that bad and it's amazing that 800 pounds of stuff can come out of you when you weigh 147 pounds. It, I don't know where it comes from. Um, you know, we, we take fresh food for granted, don't we, right? I mean, you, you want to you get steak, you go to the store, not going to eat it tonight. Yes, sir. Not everybody. That's true. That's a, that's a blanket statement. Most people take uh, fresh food for granted. 
we, um, if we, 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 we buy meat at the store, we don't want to eat it that night, we put it in the fridge or the freezer and the fridge can last a few few days the freezer if you freeze it right away it can last you for quite a while Uh, I don't test it now if meat smells somewhat funny or looks meat looks at me funny I'm not going to eat it Uh, I don't know I've just got it just it massacred me that night and so uh, I learned um, to stay away from it now the text says you are the salt of the earth you know what this is it's salt. This is salt. How much do you think this costs? It don't cost nothing, man. Salt is cheap. I mean, you can get like a, a, a bucket of these things for a dollar. I mean, salt is cheap. Back in the day, salt was not cheap. Uh, salt, uh, the, salt was, um, Roman soldiers were, were, were paid a a Latin word which is salarium. If you know Latin, sorry if I said it wrong, but it means salt money. And a lot of times they were paid in in, in salt because salt had worth to it. Romans would would trade and buy slaves back in their day for salt. Um, that's where you get the phrase, "He's not worth his salt." Have you heard that phrase before? That's sort of where this phrase comes way back from. When I think of salt today, oh, Mr. Salt. Sorry, sir. I spilled some. I think you're supposed to throw something over you. It's okay. Stay with me. Salt today, this is what I think of salt. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Longhorn Steakhouse. Outlaw, outlaw ribeye, flame grilled, medium rare. A little bit of salt. Woo! Y'all want to? Y'all want to give me a good day? Take me to Outback. Not Outback, Longhorn. Longhorn. Sorry. Sorry if you're you're torn between the two. I'm not. So salt was a lot for taste back then. Salt wasn't near as much for taste. It was to preserve food. It was a way to preserve meat. You see, when they would kill whatever livestock they had, if you, if you had fresh meat you bought at the store, can you leave it on your counter for 24 hours and then cook it? Why not? Because you're going to die like I almost did, right? You, it, it, it's, it's bad because the, the moisture that's in it has bacteria in it, and that grows, and that gets in you, and then you are horrible horrible. Can't have flashbacks there. So they, they would take fresh meat that they had, and so the meat wouldn't spoil, and they didn't have refrigerators back then. I know you're stunned. What? They would take this meat and they would rub salt all in it. I mean, they would rub it deep into the meat, cake it on the meat. They'd take it and they would hang it up outside for the sun to dry. And after a few hours, the, the salt through osmosis, why do I even have to say that word? Through water stuff, the salt would suck out the water that's in the meat and dry it out so that the meat could last for months and some say even years. I don't know if I would go for meat that's been a couple years old, but that's what they say. So that's what, what, what salt did back in the day. 
you, you would scra- scrape it off. Scrape it off. I, I, didn't, I know I look old, but I'm not that old, so I don't remember exactly. But from what I understand, it's caked with salt, and then they almost carve the salt off of it. And if, uh, if you have beef jer- jer- jerky, that's, lot, that's what dried up meat is. So you, some of you were like, I've had that before. Whoa, I've had that from the gate gas station. Whoa. Um, I don't know who talks that way, but if you do, I'd love to see you uh, and, and talk to you more because I think it's really cool. So it says right here, look at the text, you are the salt of the earth. Meant to preserve. What does that mean? You meant, you're meant to be rubbed into the world and pull unrighteousness and wickedness and impurities out and away from the world. So he's just said all these things on, you're approved if, if you live this way, but understand, you've got to be in the world. This world needs you to fight for it because it's not fighting for itself. Uh, so you mean to tell me that a world that's full of hate, uh, racism, right? That's the topic of the day. In, in, injustice, uh, I'm supposed to do something about it? Yeah, you are. What about the issues of, of bull, bullying or domestic abuse or sex Trap, 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 trafficking or abortion. You're supposed to do something about that? Yeah, you are. You're supposed to stand up against it. And when you don't know what to do, what's right to stand up for, what's not right, this is what we're called to do. Love what God loves and hate what God hates. When you don't know what to do, love what God loves and hate what God hates. How do you know what God, God loves? It's in his word. It's throughout his word and it's consistent in his word. You don't go... I really can't tell. No, it's clear. And the question is, how can you make an impact? Teenagers make an impact. And this is how you can't make a big impact, and usually you can cause trouble, is don't just post on social media about it and think like you have done so much. Lip service or social media service just to be in the in crowd or to look good or whatever is, 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 does only so much. So the question is, what do you do? You live it out. You live out God's word, salt of the earth, where? In your neighborhood, in your home, with your family, at your, wherever you may work. I'm not moving out at all. You live it out at school or your uh, homeschool group or co-op. You live it out in, around your youth group. Ooh, that, that, that would be cool. Your sports team, when you see injustice or something that's, that's not right, you can make an I- impact right here, right now. Choose to do so. But what if they mock me? Jesus says they will. What if they hate me? Jesus says as they, as they hated me, they will hate you. They will. What if they hurt me? They might. They might. And it says in there, in verse 13, if we're believers and we don't do anything, we're useless. Like salt that's used up, that's lost its effectiveness, and it's scattered on the ground and trampled on. I don't know about you, but I want to be effective for Christ. I want to make an impact, but I've got to be the salt of the earth. I've got to fight against things, 
fight for things that God loves and fight against things that God hates. But you do it where you are, where you live. You want to start to change the world, change this world right, right here, and then see how it begins to change the rest of the world. Look at the rest of the text here. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand that gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We are called to be a light in the darkness. What light do we hold up? There's only one light that we have, and it's not you, and it's not me. It's not how great you are. It's not what gifts and talents that you have. The light we have is Jesus Christ. Talks about him in, in John 1. We have to be, the, the light of the world is Christ in us, and we've got to let the world know about him wherever we go. Now, we're going to do a little exercise so no one freak out. Do we all agree? Raise your right hand. I ain't going to freak out. Amen. Okay. We're going to shut the lights off in this room. And it's going to get very dark so no one stand up, no one try to sprint around. Uh, oh, wait, I've got a light left on. Turn my light on up here. I need a light on up here. Thank you. All right, let's see how this works. Let me get past this. All right, okay, you turn the light off. All right. It's sort of dark, right? We've got that screen. The screens are giving a little bit of light. That changed the effect. I didn't have the screens on when I did this before earlier, but it's sort of dark, right? How many hands, uh, fin fin fingers do I have up right now? What about now? It's behind the stand, okay. Anyways, so it says you are the light of the world, okay? And I need to figure out how to light. Oh, woo. All right. Can you see better with this? Yes, you can. Don't be a liar. You can see better. Um, I can see you, your, your faces somewhat. I can't see expressions. Now, if more of us had lights, could, could we see better? But this does bring light to the whole room, correct? In some way? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it lights the whole room. Okay, let's turn the lights on. Oh, oh, here I am. Poof. Okay. Um, you are the light of the world. It goes on to say, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Have you ever seen a map of the earth at night from space? And you can see the cities are lit up. Why are they lit up? Because they have light, right? They have light. They're not hidden because of the light that's there. A city that's up on a hill, in these days when it was up there, it, they, they would have lights on that hill, not spotlights. It was just lights from being in the house, from being a part of the city. And, and, and from even far away, even on a hill, that light, they could see it glowing. And we're, we're called to be that. We don't light a light. Have you ever lost power in your house and, like, people are freaking out? We, maybe that's just my house. Noah just can't stand it. And, uh, and so, so we, we, we have it. So we've got to light a candle from time to time. Uh, and um, we don't light the candle and then put a box on top of it and go, oh, there we go. There we go. Did it. No, what? We light it so, I, so we, can, we can have light. 
why does God give you his light in your life? Is it for you to feel better about yourself? Or for you to let a world see him? There was a guy named um, Ion Keith Fal- Falconer uh, that, that was from Scotland. Scotland. I wish I could speak with this Scottish accent, but I can't. Uh, and, he, and he was the world champion cy- cyclist in 1878. A few years ago. Uh, just a few years ago. Uh, I think just like 10 years before Pastor Mike was born. <laughs> Kidding, Caden, don't tell him. Well, and he was an athlete. He, he won the world championships. And because of that, uh, everybody thought this guy's going to do great things. Well, right after he won... He sold everything he had, and he went to Egypt to be a missionary. Uh, he went from there to Yemen. He met another missionary on, on the field. They were married for three years. After three years of marriage, he contracted malaria, and he died. And many would say and have said, what a waste of a life. Dude, he was an athlete. He had everything going for him. Scotland loved him and he gave it all away and he lived for maybe 10 more years and then he died that's not it that's what a waste of a life here's a quote by 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 Ion Keith Falconer and he said this and I've got it uh, on the screen as, as well I think I have but one kindle of life to burn I would rather burn it in a land of darkness rather than a land flooded in light. I have but one candle of life to burn. I would rather burn it in a land of darkness rather than a land flooded with light. Do you think that, that's a waste of a life? Dude, that is an incredible life to live. That is a passionate living for Christ with everything that he has way to live. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Are you being salt? Are you being light? Some will say, well, how do I do it? You know the best way that you can be the light of the world? Tell your story. Well, what's my story? It's, well, it's, it's, it's how I came to Christ, sort of what, what, what things came into play in my life, whether it was a friend that, that shared Christ with me, whether I went to a camp or it was with my mom and dad, and, and I understood, man, I, I sinned, and that separated me from God. What, 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 what was your life before Christ? What brought you to him? And then well, what's he doing now? Because the world may not hear you or want to hear you preach, but they will listen to your story. They will take the time. You will never understand how powerful your story is. An interesting thing occurred. Um, I, um, uh, some of you may not know, but we did The Edge o- online for like, too long, like 11 weeks, okay, it's, uh, we're one day away from being three months from the last edge that we had, it was the March 11th was our last edge, it's June 10th, so every week we would film, and I would be like, hey guys, how y'all doing, and then I'd be like, oh, let me redo that one over, you don't know how many times I had to restart over, it was horrible, and I'm, uh, and I'm talking to a room by myself, trying, trying to teach and preach, and I did it for 11 weeks, well, I took some time to count some because an interesting thing occurred within the past week or so. 
uh, I looked at the, the first 10 weeks that I did the Ed service on how many views I had on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I didn't do this, I'm not trying to feel great about myself. I just wanted to sort of see statistics because I'm sort of a nerd like that. And so I, I, I added up for 10 weeks what the view count, and I understand a view count is this, just to let you know, if someone's like, I had 277 views. Well, it could be a two-second view. I mean, it doesn't mean they stayed and watched the whole thing. It just means they, they gave it at least a three-second three chance, I think. It, it goes for three, three seconds, then it counts. So who knows? Like four people may have watched a third of it. I have no idea. <clears throat> and so over those 10 weeks, the 10 sermons that I did, eight of them, uh, Nick did one and Chris did one, uh, it had 2,222 views over 10 weeks. And uh, listen, I, I'll be glad if 12 people a week took the time to listen to the word. That's fantastic. So who knows how many? We don't know exactly how, how, how many, but that's over 10 weeks, 70 days. Well, this past week, I just shared my story in, for The Edge, and it's the story of how I came to Christ and how my speech, God has worked through my speech in my life and sort of why, why do I... Why am I even up here speaking to you when I stutter? And it makes no sense for a stuttering guy to be your speaker week in and week out. It just doesn't. The world goes, what? So I just sort of share my story on what God had taught me and really wanting to, to point how great God is in my testimony. Well, I put that out Wednesday night of last week. Do you know how many views it's had in Instagram and Facebook? 3,150 views. Maybe only 20 saw the whole thing. I have no idea. It was about a 15-minute story. So it was long, longer than what I would even encourage you to put up unless you had something you really wanted to share and, and then do it. My whole point is this. People will listen to a story. And so what's your story and is it pointing to Christ? What's your story? What's your faith story? You want to be the light of the world? Share your faith story. You have an Instagram account or... Uh, I don't know, I guess you just on Snapchat. I don't have some Snapchat because it, it's scary to me. Uh, um, but on Facebook, y'all are too cool for Facebook probably. Uh, Instagram, whatever. But I challenge you, have you shared your, your story, your beliefs on what Christ has done in your life? Have you shared that on your platform even there? It's a great place to start. To start. Don't let that be the only place that you do it, but it can start there. So even if it's just, well, mine's, only, mine's not that great, it's okay. Tell your story about how great God, God, God is. That's the whole point of the story. Point others to God. Just don't forget the, this, this quote, because I think it's a be, 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 beautiful quote I have. But one candle of life to burn, I would rather burn it in a land of darkness rather than a land flooded with light. Well, let's, let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for tonight. Uh, even though the microphone is going crazy, uh, God, we know that you're in control. Uh, you have a plan uh, and a purpose. God, we thank you that you call us, uh, not only showing us how to live, but you tell us to live this in front of a world that needs to see you. God, may we be the salt of the earth May we be the tools you use to pull the wickedness and the uh, impu impurities out of the society and out of the earth. Lord, may, 
may, may we be the light of the world. May we hold you up high wherever we go. God, thank you for the chance for us to meet here tonight. God, we ask that you keep everybody in this room well, that you keep uh, households that are represented in this room well. Uh, as Lord, help, help this COVID crisis to end soon. Uh, but Lord, may it draw us to you. May we get in your word. May we be serious about your word. Uh, and God, may we, 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 we follow you with everything that we have. Of course, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, before we close, I need the seniors just to meet up with me right up here real quick, uh, just for a minute or two, um, and then uh, we'll be dismissed. Senior nights next week. All right, great, great to see y'all.